kids these days. Absolutely no discipline. Well, maybe that's because we're trying to instill it wrong on this episode of Live Happy Now. The ancient Greeks defined happiness as the joy you feel moving towards your potential. To think about positive psychology, it's a science. And it's actually younger than the Internet, believe it or not. The reality is that social connection is, in the research, the greatest predictor we have of long-term happiness. You have some factors in your control that can promote the health and resilience and growth of your absolutely most important asset, which is your brain. And so it all comes down to understanding ourselves. There's a way for all of us to succeed, but, but it might take different things. We're all looking for the same thing, and that's a way to bring a little bit more joy to our day. Join us as we look at the many different paths that lead us to that happy place. This is Live Happy Now. Hello and greetings and welcome to another edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. I am your host, J.R. Houston. Please, you are joining us wherever you are in the world and however you may be listening. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Thank you for making Live Happy magazine a part of your bi-monthly ritual. A new uh, issue came out just not too long ago with Anna Ferris on the cover. You can still get it at Barnes & Noble. You can also get the digital edition. It is available uh, on the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. And really, it's available in a print copy wherever fine magazines are sold. We also got the radio show still going on. It is still only in Dallas-Fort Worth over the air on 98.7 K-Love, but if you get up on Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock Central Time, you can grab it online, radio.com. You just search for KLUV and you will find it there and you can tune in wherever you are in the world, just like you're doing for this podcast. Ah, the magic of the internet. This week, we are talking child discipline. And Sarah Ockwell Smith is a mother of four children, founder of the parenting website gentleparentinginternational.com, and author of eight parenting books, including the upcoming release Gentle Discipline. And she talks with Live Happy Science editor Paula Phelps on how parents can positively and effectively discipline their children. Discipline is something that uh, I think every parent thinks about. And you have a very interesting take on it. So to begin this, I wanted to see if you would explain to us what it is that you mean by gentle discipline. Right. So if you think about discipline, if you ask anybody what they think when you say the word discipline, and I guarantee that somebody will say the word punishment. So discipline and punishment, people seem to think it means the same thing. So if your kid does something you're not happy with, discipline means punishing them, or at least that's what discipline tends to mean in most of the books that are already out there. The thing is, discipline comes from this Latin word, which is decir. Now, this word means to teach and to learn. And if you think about how you learn best or perhaps how your kids learn best, we don't learn best if we don't feel good. If we're being punished, we tend to not learn very much. But if your teacher makes you feel great, you tend to learn much better. If you think when you go back at school, think about your most favorite teacher and why you liked them. You know, maybe that they you had a good rapport with them. You had a good relationship. They were kind. They made you laugh. They kind of accepted your mistakes, but helped you to be better. Yeah, they weren't the one that was uh, always making you sit in the corner. And... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just you know, <laughs> sending you out of the room or something. They want you to learn. They kind of trust that you can. And in a way, they mentor you to be better. So if we think of discipline in the way of teaching, trying to understand how our kids feel, but working as a team to help them to learn, to help them to feel better, which actually helps you feel better. A lot <laughs> of discipline actually 
is because of us as adults. Quite often our children copy how we're feeling and what we're doing. So working together as a team helps you realize actually there's two people here that need to change, not just one. Mm-hmm. Well, can you tell me, though, what you, you mentioned that we think of discipline as being punishment. So what is the difference between the two? And is there is there room for both or do we just need discipline? So discipline, if you think about it in terms of teaching, you really don't ever need to punish anybody to teach. The whole thing with gentle discipline is it's very mindful. It's we're trying to understand why the kids are doing something. And in my book, I talk about this, um, a phrase that I call why, how, what, which is every time your kid does something you don't like, you ask yourself three questions. Why are they doing this? How are they feeling? And what do I hope to achieve from disciplining them? When you work from this mindful position of not just sort of subconsciously disciplining because that's what your parents did to you when you were growing up, that really helps you to understand what you want to get from it. From this position, say you have a three-year-old who's having a tantrum because you won't buy them something from a store. If you ask yourself, why, how, what? Why are they doing this? Well, because they want something. And actually, even as a grown adult, it's not great that you can't have what you really desperately want in the world. How are they feeling? Actually, they're probably feeling really horrible. Why would you punish them if they're feeling horrible? What do you want to achieve from this? Well, what you want is to help them to understand they can't have everything they want. They can't have a tantrum in the middle of a store. It's not going to get them what they want. But you have to understand they're not feeling great. You can easily teach them, no, you know, you can't have everything that you want. There are better ways to behave. But Sweetheart, I really understand how you're feeling. And that's the whole thing, you know, working in a mindful way, working together. There's no punishments. There will be consequences. Mm-hmm. But rather than an illogical consequence, which is what a lot of mainstream discipline works on, we use more natural or logical consequences. So to give you a bit of a, an idea of an illogical consequence will be your child's misbehaving, your child's back chatting and being rude to you. So you might say, well, Santa's not going to bring you any presents. <laughs> you know, it's really common. There is no logical link between that child's behavior and Santa. It's just parental extortion. That's all it is. It's kind of bribery. And when they stop believing in Santa, you know, you're really stuck. But the, a natural consequence would be, I don't know. So say they're throwing a ball around in the house and they break one of your favorite ornaments. The natural consequence there is that the ornament breaks. The logical consequence there is, hey, you've broken my favorite ornament. You need to replace it. So that's a learning opportunity. If we break something, we have to repair it or we have to pay to replace it. But we'll still get presents from Santa. Well, that's good because otherwise you've got these presents that you've bought. Now you've got to find some other child to give them to. And uh, (laughs) so it benefits everybody, right? (laughs) So it helps them to learn. Right. There are consequences. There are boundaries. There are limits. But there's no strange illogical um, punishments. The other thing that's really important, actually, is a lot of discipline, particularly for younger children, all centers on sending the child away from us. So, like time out, naughty steps, sending right. them to their room. But here's the thing: a lot of the bad behavior, the behavior that we struggle with, particularly if it's a preschool that's just had a new sibling you've got sibling rivalry between say a seven and a 10 year old or you've just gone back to work a lot of this behavior is that the kid is feeling a disconnect with you so they're feeling a bit unsettled in their relationship with you in a way it's almost like you know does mum or dad love me as much as they did before so they act out in ways to get our attention 
Now, unfortunately, the ways that are guaranteed to get our attention are ways that we would term misbehaving or naughty behavior. The most simplest thing if the kid is desperate for attention is why don't we give them the attention? Why don't we realize that they need that reconnection with us? Why do we punishing them? Why do we punish them by disconnecting them more? And that's a great thought for for any parent to have to go through. And what really strikes me is this whole approach, it begins with the parent completely overhauling how we think and react to our yeah. children's behavior. Can you talk about some of the the work that we as parents need to do? Because this isn't something that we need to change, but it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, it's, it's hard work. It's really worth it, but it is hard work because a lot of it comes back to us. I think the most important thing a parent can do can ha- is to have realistic expectations of their child. So you can't expect a three-year-old to act like a mini adult. You know, you can't go out for a restaurant and expect the three-year-old to sit there quietly still, elbows off the table, to, <laughs> you know, eat with good table manners and to not want to make a noise or run around. That just, that's, three-year-olds can't do that. They don't have the brain capacity to do that. They tantrum because they can't do anything else. So starting from expecting behavior that's biologically normal even teenagers right so teenagers might look like toddlers except that oh sorry acts like toddlers not look like them so they're, <laughs> they're a lot bigger they're a lot smellier they have more body hair but actually their brains are more like a toddler brain than they are an adult brain and the worrying thing with an older child is expecting them to behave like us because they look like us because they're perhaps taller than us but their brains just aren't the same as ours they don't think and work in the same way as us they're not as emotionally mature So resetting those expectations, understanding what's normal for each age is absolutely key. Not the only only thing to do. (laughs) Well, how do you determine what is appropriate? Because obviously each child is different. Each age group is different. Uh, There's some some forethought that we that has to go into that and does your book address that or how do they really begin setting those boundaries of this is what I need to do for this stage in my child's life yes absolutely you really need to have a little bit of a grasp of brain development and what happens at each age and yes absolutely that's what the book focuses on lots what to expect at each age so to have an idea oh my three-year-old can do this but they can't do this or oh my 10-year-old is doing this but actually I know that that's normal for their age because that's not where their brain is you know the brain carries on developing until the early 20s and impulse control is perhaps the last part of brain development that happens impulse control and emotion regulation so it's really important we don't expect young children to be able to have these so when your teenager slams the door or punches the wall they're doing all they can because that's where their brain is Mm mm-hmm And so instead of, say, a situation like that, instead of doing what a lot of parents are going to do, which is yell, which is going to say, don't do that, now you're grounded, give me your phone, (laughs) what what is the proper way then to handle something like that using your method? This comes back to your earlier question. It's gentle discipline is actually a lot about what the adult does. What you have to do there is you have to take care of your own emotions first. So again, it's a lot more work. You're you might be triggered and your response might be to yell or to punch the wall back or something. So the number one thing you have to think about there is, okay, I'm the adult here. I have the adult brain. I need to take a deep breath. 
I need to stop my tendency to yell. I need to realize now that I'm being the teacher and how I respond here models to my kid how they should respond. So you have to get a grip on your own emotions. Keep your anger in control and model what you want back from your child. You have to get into that headspace first. There are some people who are naturally calm. I have a sister-in-law who it seems like no matter what those kids are doing, she's like, all right, everyone, take a breath. And, you know, but that's that's the rare occasion. Most of us are, are reactive, more reactive than that. So if you're not naturally calm, how do you start implementing this? Yeah, I'm not naturally calm. I'm naturally a yeller. You know, my mum was a yeller. She yelled at me and it's my default setting is to yell. Yeah. The first thing you have to do is to be aware that that's what you do. And it, that sounds easy, but actually it's, it's like admitting that we have flaws and realizing, okay, that's a problem for me. So now I'm going to work on it. For me, the, the best thing that works is mindfulness or even just taking 10 minutes out of every day to breathe. That, I know that sounds really silly, but 10 minutes of the day to just be me, to offload and to calm down. Self-care is really important. So taking time each week or each month to have some time out from being a mom or from being a dad and take time to offload and refill with good things. So I do a Pilates class every week. If I'm feeling really rough, I have a massage. But I know if I feel myself getting angry with the kids, I know I have to take time out and recharge and do some self-care. But what's really important is you accept yourself nobody's perfect everybody makes mistakes it's cool it's okay in in the book I talk about having a ratio of 70 30 which means every day I try to aim for getting things right 70% of the time but 30% of the time I might yell do you know what happens when you yell you apologize when you slip up so 30% of the day it's okay if your slip ups are less than 30% But the important thing is when you do sip up, so if you do yell at your kid, it's a great learning opportunity. It's not something to parade yourself over. You think, okay, I've I've messed up. I'm going to apologize. Honey, I'm really sorry I yelled at you. I shouldn't have done that. You didn't deserve it. And sometimes as parents, uh, I do know parents who will not apologize to their children. They they feel it makes them look weak. It It makes them look wrong. Then they wonder why their kids won't apologize to them. Right. <laughs> we, we need to teach kids what to do when they mess up. And actually, how do they learn that? They learn that from us messing up. When we mess up, it's really important that we teach them what to do. Of course, we should apologize. You know, we're raising human beings. Kids aren't a different species. Of course, we should apologize to them. And actually, you know, come back to your original question, what is gentle discipline? A quick and easy way to sum it up would be, Treat kids like you'd like to be treated yourself. Nice. Nice. It's kind of that simple. Well, and then I'm sure this this changes the entire family dynamic, I would think, to, to change your practice. Can you talk about how how that family is going to respond? I think it's, again, it's like having realistic expectations of the behavior it's important to realize this is not going to change your family overnight. It's we're in it for the long term. You know, parenting is a long journey all the way through their lives. So initially, if you've been perhaps using mainstream discipline, you may feel like you're out of control. Your kids, I think it's almost in a way they don't feel safe because they don't know what's happening. They have Mm -hmm. to retest these boundaries again. And initially I would say for even a month, you might, everything might be a, a bit awkward and a bit more difficult. 
Sometimes, however, there are instant results and it's almost instantly you feel like a weight's been lifted and everybody's calmer and happier. I would say it's 50-50 which way it goes. But once you've been doing it, I would say two or three months, you start to notice big differences. And the biggest difference is when you watch what your child says to other people or what they say to you. So if you're watching your child play and you're using traditional mainstream discipline, you'll hear them having a, a, a game and your kid will say something like, well, if you do this to me, then I'll give you that. Or if you don't do that, I'm going to take that away. They basically copy what we say to them. What they'll commonly say is you'll hear them saying something like, oh, you don't feel very well. Oh, that must have made you feel really sad. I understand. Do you like a hug? And it, <laughs> it's really, it's amazing when it happens. And it, it always does happen. Maybe a week later, maybe a year later. But when it does happen, you just think, yes, that's what I wanted. You know, and you mentioned that your mom was a yeller. And so that becomes your default. And yeah. so what kind of change are you affecting in your children and for your grandchildren down the road as you're teaching them a different way to to deal with conflict and and problems hopefully changing the changing the cycle a lot of parenting is unconscious by that i mean we tend to just repeat the things that were done to us as children so if my mom was a yeller i've become a yeller it's quite unconscious for families where they were spanked or hit as kids, quite often they will do that with their children just because that's the way that they were raised. And this cycle perpetuates through generation and generation. But that's I think with dental discipline, it's like you're taking a stand and just saying, you know, enough, this cycle ends here. We're going to take a more respectful route. And hopefully, hopefully I'm raising my grandkids and my great grandkids as well. You, you have an impact beyond the generation of your own children, which is a terrifying and wonderful thought all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I think more parents, if they realize this was also going to come back as their children's children and, and on down the line, maybe they'd, they'd uh, take a breath and think about it a little longer. And, you know, and there's that quote, isn't there, that's something like, be kind to your kids because they're the ones who choose your nursing home. Uh, exactly. So, and it's what you'll get back in like 50, 60 years' time when you're older. Right. Right. Instead of just having to bribe the grandchildren to come take care of you when you, children won't, right? So. You're basically raising kids who want to be with you because they like you. Oh, wonderful. And every parent wants that. Every, every parent ultimately wants that kind of relationship. We just don't always know how to get it. Yeah. So what's the story behind your interest in this? How did you discover this? Can, can you tell us the genesis of the general discipline philosophy? Yeah. So as I said, when I was, um, I'm an only child, my mom was a wonderful mother. She just yelled. That was, I think, the only flaw that she had. I studied psychology at university, then had my own children. So I have four kids between 11 and 15. Wow. And when my firstborn was young, I did all the traditional methods of, like, you know, the toddler taming book and the, the time out and shutting him in his room and the reward charts. And it just didn't work. What I noticed with him when I was using the reward and the sticker charts is I'd start asking him to do something and he'd say, okay, what will you give me if I do it? <laughs> and at that point, you realize this is not working. I may be able to get you to tidy your room or something, but it's reached a point that you'll only do something if I incentivize you. And it also felt so instinctively wrong. You know, the irony of that, I knew all of this because I studied it at university. But when you become a mom, you, you kind of you look up to the experts, don't you? Sure. And not so much your instinct. And the experts were telling me to do something different to my instinct. 
and I tried following them for a bit. And I think when I had my third son, I just thought, you know what, enough. This isn't working. So I, I literally burned the books. <laughs> I started to just be more instinctive. And to me, that instinctively, I just felt like being nicer to them and not punishing them for everything just seemed to work better. So, and at the same time, I was working as an antenatal teacher and a doula and a baby massage teacher. So I started to sort of marry what I was doing professionally, realized actually, hey, this is what my instincts are telling me, but there's a lot of research and science out there that proves this is the way to go. So I don't kind of just put it all together. I don't feel I've chosen what I do. I've just sort of ended up here, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's been a natural progression. I've, I've lived it with my own kids. And now when you see it in others, what what is that? Because as you said, you've seen it work with your own children. And so now as you see other people implementing it and knowing that that's working, what's that like for you? It's the most fulfilling feeling when I get an email that says, thank you so much. I was really struggling with this and we've tried this and our whole home is more harmonious and happy. It's just like, you know, fist punch in the air. It's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, just, I, feel I have this sort of need to stop people going through what I went through with those books that I burned. Sure. That's fantastic. Then, And I think, you know, all of us want more harmony in our lives. We want happy children. We want a great relationship with our kids. So I think this will be something our listeners are going to be very interested in learning more about. Uh, now, where can they go to start learning more about this and... Uh, well, let's start with that because I have something else related to that I want to ask you. All right. But, so um, Gentle Discipline, the book is coming out um, at the end of August. So it's available on Amazon, other bookshops. If they wanted to know more about gentle parenting, which is this style of parenting which encompasses discipline, but lots of other things, then there's the gentleparentinginternational.com website, which tells you everything from kind of pregnancy and birth, baby sleep, as well as behavior and discipline. Okay. And, and so then when someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, I've already known instinctively I was doing it wrong and this just proved it, um, but I got to start today. They're not going to wait for the book. What, what are three things that you would say are the, the most important things they can do to start implementing this right now? Start with yourself. Take a deep breath and get on top of your behavior. So somehow give yourself a break. If you yell, just when you feel like yelling, count to three and try not to yell. Number two would be to try to, I guess, feel how your child is feeling. So try to understand if I was them, how would I be feeling right now? If I was that kid, how would I want my parent to behave? Number three, I think it's not so much something you do, but just to accept that you're learning. It's cool to make mistakes. Don't be so hard on yourself. I don't think I've been doing this wrong. I don't think there's such a thing as wrong, but maybe a way that's not been working for your family. Just think, you know, we've done it this way. I don't think it works. I'm going to try this way. But don't have regret. Don't have guilt about it. Just accept it and move on. Terrific. And then your site gives plenty of encouragement and tips and guidance yep. along the way. There's a whole chapter about what to do if you started off on a different way. So how to change paths. Oh, terrific. What well, Sarah, this is wonderful. I'm glad that you, you could join us today because I'm sure there's a lot of parents who are happy to hear this and their children, whether they know it or not, are happy their parents heard this. <laughs> 
So uh, we we look forward to having your book coming out and um, being able to take a look at that. Brilliant. Thank you for having me. To order a copy of Gentle Discipline, you can visit livehappynow.com. That's it for this edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. If you would like to reach out to us and offer your take, you can do so. Find us on Twitter at livehappy, facebook.com slash livehappy, or you can send us an email, podcast at livehappy.com. For everyone here at the Live Happy Now podcast and magazine, I am J.R. Houston saying so long, and thank you for helping us to live happy.